It is a joy to be with you this Sunday morning and to be part of this worship service. Uh, every time we come into God's presence, uh, we must come with the expectation that God has something for us for this week, for this day, and for this season in our life. Amen. Have you come this morning expecting something from God? If you have, I am deeply convinced you will not be disappointed. The Bible says, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, they shall be filled. Amen. If you are hungry, if you are thirsty for God, God will meet you at the point of your need, irrespective of who comes, who goes. Doesn't matter who's the song leader, who's leading worship, who's preaching. Uh, those are just instruments. The one who is here to minister to you is God himself. Amen. Amen. This morning, I'm going to lead you in a study called Relational Health. We are doing a series uh, in which we are talking about transformation. God's goal for our life is not to change us a little bit here and there. He's not trying to tweak uh, and to make some minor changes in us. Uh, God is not trying to do some cosmetic surgery. Have you heard of that expression, cosmetic surgery? Uh, when some people don't like the shape of their nose or some part and they just some minor changes straighten something out that is not god's goal for your life god is not trying to ch change you and modify you a little bit here and there the bible says if any man is in christ he is a now new creation old things are passed away behold all things have become new everything god wants to give you a new start a new beginning uh, a new walk with him that is God's goal for your life and pastor mentioned Romans 12 and verse 2 where it says don't be conformed to this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind and uh, the word transformed a good way to understand it is the word metamorphosis what is metamorphosis metamorphosis is if you study uh, the life cycle of a butterfly uh, from uh, when it starts out as a caterpillar and then it becomes a, a pupa and then finally it becomes a beautiful butterfly and there is no connection between that uh, caterpillar the way the caterpillar looks and the way the butterfly looks there is a huge difference between the the two of it yes and that is god's goal for our life that we will be new that we will be renewed we will be changed today i want to talk about a very important aspect of your life relational health the importance of godly relationships how your relationships will determine uh, what kind of person you will become uh, God brings different people into our life and uh, they are brought into our life for a purpose amen how many of you can reflect and look back and say uh, I thank God for this friend of mine who stood with me in my time of need anybody yes a friend in need is a friend indeed you heard that well, God brings certain people into our lives to recognize who are the people God has brought into our lives, to value them, to cherish them, to learn from them, and then to become all that God intended that we should become. Would you turn in your Bibles, please, to Ecclesiastes chapter 4? We are going to look at verse 7 to verse 12. Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verse 7 to verse 12. Again, I saw something meaningless under the sun. There was a man all alone. He had neither son nor brother. There was no end to his toil. 
Yet his eyes were not content with his wealth. For whom am I toiling, he asked, and why am I depriving myself of enjoyment? This too is meaningless, a miserable business. Two are better than one, because they have a good return for their labor. If either of them falls down, one can help other, the other up. But pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. Also, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. How can one keep warm alone? Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not quickly broken. Shall we pray? Lord, as we look into your word this morning, would you please open our eyes? that we may behold wondrous things out of your law. Give us the hearing ear and the seeing eye. Let this word be embedded in our mind and let it find a lodging place in our heart. Give us the strength to live according to this word. In Jesus' name, Amen. I want to talk about the importance of friendship and how your friendship can lead you to a place of transformation. Uh, there are two types of friends. Uh, what I have learned and what I have seen, there are two types of friends and you can maybe ponder on this and reflect and see if it's true in your life. There are casual friends and there are close friends. Have you seen the difference between the two? Casual friends and close friends. We are living in the era of Facebook and uh, because of Facebook we have thousands of friends, some of us, and uh, these friends, uh, you know, we don't even know some of them personally, but they are friends. And uh, Facebook will send you happy friend anniversary or whatever they call that, you know, and uh, some of them you are scratching your head, where did I meet this person? I don't know how, I, I have met them somewhere, but, uh, you know, I'm not talking of those kind of friends. I'm talking of friends who become part of your journey who stand with you, who uphold you, who become like a pillar of support to you. So I want to talk about two friends, close friends, casual friends. What I've come to realize is casual friends are a result of circumstances. Casual friends are a result of circumstances. For example, you may travel on the same bus, uh, you may take the same uh, you know, metro train or whatever, and you get into the same bogey every uh, particular day. Uh, do you know some of us have fixed places in church? We come straight there, yes, and uh, we, we just come right to that. Everyone knows that's their place and better not touch that place because they have almost officially, unofficially put their name on that chair. Uh, so casual friends are friends that, uh, because of circumstances, it can be at work, it can be at church, uh, it can be uh, in the neighborhood. Uh, you greet them, you know them, uh, but they are not the people you count on when you are in trouble. Are you with me? You know them, they are friends, you have some sort of a conversation, you share bits and pieces of your life, and that's where it ends, casual friends. Ca casual friends are a result of circumstances. Close friends are a result of choices. If you will make a note of that, close friends are a result of choices. We choose our friends. Is that right? Yes? 
we choose our friends and our friends choose us too uh, because it cannot be a one-way street it has to be from both sides friendship has to be reciprocated and so I'm here to talk about close friends how close friends can affect you help you bless you help you to grow uh, if you have some close friends uh, some friends come in uh, for a season some come for a reason and some come for a lifetime uh, I pray that you will have some friends who will come for a lifetime and be part of your journey when I look in the Bible I, I read of men and women uh, who had close friends uh, like look at this uh, fact uh, who was the brother of Peter Andrew whom did Peter hang out the most with among the apostles whom do you see as the two some Peter and John for some reason even though he had his brother Andrew you'll always see Peter and John uh, in a friendship uh, think about this uh, the trio of Peter James and John they were there were 12 apostles but these three somehow gelled together uh, how about Daniel uh, Daniel had close friends Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego their Hebrew names Hananiah, Mishael and Azariah and these three friends would hang out with Daniel anytime there was a crisis anytime there was a problem these four friends would get together they would talk they would pray they would discuss they stood by each other they were in captivity but they were able to be a source of strength for one another because of their friendship look at Paul the great apostle who planted churches who took the gospel to the then known world who, who was probably one of the the pillars of the early church look at the friends he had people like Philemon was his friend read through the book of Philemon and he talks about how their friendship was so strong and he says you know if Onesimus has kind of uh, taken anything away from you charge it to my account now only close friends can say things like that are you with me just just put it into my account and we will we will deal with this they were close friends Paul and Barnabas uh, Paul and Silas Paul and Timothy Titus they were more like a father and a, and, and a spiritual father and a spiritual child but the some of these other men they were close friends of the Apostle Paul I'm going to make a statement and it's a bold statement uh, uh, I'm going to say this because I believe this you show me your friends I will tell you what your future is going to look like you may agree with the statement but I'm convinced it's true the direction of your life around yourselves with now when you're young you may look for friends uh, who probably are from the same area same language uh, there are different reasons why we pick friends but as we mature as we grow we start looking at the world differently is that right and then we start asking God give me wisdom to choose my friends wisely uh, I was noticing a few years ago that uh, I was so caught up in the ministry that I had no time for friendships except of course uh, my spouse my wife with whom I would share heart to heart and then one day I began praying. I said, Lord, I want one or two godly friends, pastors, my age group, in my season of life, with whom I can open my heart and share. One Sunday I was preaching in a church, 
Uh, it was every week I'd travel and speak in different churches. So one Sunday I was speaking, after the service was over, I felt the Holy Spirit speak to me, go and talk to this pastor who invited you. Ask him, can we uh, meet regularly uh, for prayer? And uh, he said, I've been thinking the same thing. I, we are about the same age. Uh, we have a similar size of family. Uh, we've gone through similar kind of experiences. And I, he said, I've been looking for a godly friend too. And since then, it's been now close to one and a half years, we uh, regularly meet at least once a month. And we have gut level talk. You know what's gut level talk? Not the superficial, hi, hello, how are you, the weather is good. So sad, the Indian cricket team lost. Uh, not stuff like that. Are you with me? That's just surface level talk. But we talk brutally honest. We express our fears, our anxieties, our concerns. And I'm confident that this friend of mine will keep confidentiality. He, is, he tells me stuff that he will not tell anybody else. Except his wife, probably the other person. He says, I tell you stuff that I don't tell anybody. It's happened over a period of time. We've cultivated this friendship. And it's happened because I prayed and said, God, I need few friends with whom I can you know, be accountable, uh, with whom we can grow together. Amen? Amen? So I want to challenge you today to look at your friendship. Let me give you two scripture references. Remember the statement I made uh, about you showing your friends and uh, I will tell you what your future looks like. Uh, let me give you a biblical basis for that. Uh, Proverbs 12.26. Proverbs 12. Write down the scripture reference. I know the light is not too great, but just write it down and you can read it later. I'll read it for you. The righteous choose their friends carefully. Think about that. The righteous choose their friends carefully. They don't just pick any old friend. They pick their friends carefully. The righteous choose their friends carefully. Proverbs 27.19 in the uh, in a contemporary version, the Living Bible. A mirror reflects a man's face, but what he is really like is seen by the kind of friend he chooses. A mirror reflects a man's face, but what he is really like is seen by the kind of friend he chooses. So you show me your friends, your close friends. I'll show you what kind of journey you're headed on. You heard the expression, birds of the same feather flock together. And so the Bible talks about friendship in a very big way. It's interesting, the Lord Jesus calls us friends. friends. He calls us friends. And Jesus is uh, a friend who sticks closer than a brother. Uh, and we can count on the Lord Jesus. But beyond that, we all need godly friends. Uh, the Bible clearly gives us teaching on five kinds of friends to avoid as close friends. You can know them, you can have some sort of relationship with them, but the Bible clearly says that don't make them your inner circle. These five type of people. I'll give it down because of lack of time I'm going to read every verse. I'll give you the, the characteristic. You can check it out when you go home. Okay? Five kinds of friends we must avoid as our close friends, according to the Bible. Number one, 2 Thessalonians 3 verse 6 says that we are to avoid lazy people as our close friends. 2 Timothy 3 6. Uh, sorry, Thessalonians. 2 Thessalonians 3 6. Write it down and you can 
examine it later. I'll come to a little bit more uh, important part shortly. So just write down the reference. Second Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 6. In the Thessalonian church, there were a group of people who <coughs> took the teaching of the second coming uh, and stretched it. They went ahead and said, you know what? The Lord Jesus is coming back. So there's no need to work. What's the point of doing all these jobs and you know struggling? Uh, anyway, he's coming back. And they started becoming busy parties, interfering in other people's lives. Lazy people who wouldn't work, who wouldn't take care of their own responsibilities. They wouldn't do what was right, what was required. And the Apostle Paul says, don't make them your, your friends. Don't make them your close friends. Because if you hang out with lazy people, uh, it has a way of rubbing on to us. Number two, Proverbs 22, verse 24 and 25. Proverbs 22, verse 24 and 25. Angry people. Now all of us get angry at some point. Yes, and we got angry later. Uh, I hope you got angry because if you are not got angry, something is seriously wrong. The problem is not with getting angry. The problem is what do you do after you get angry. The Bible doesn't say don't be angry. Bible says, in your anger, do not sin. Be angry, but do not sin. Don't let the sun go down upon your wrath. Now, yesterday I was driving and I was heading to preach somewhere in the evening. And narrow place, and this guy comes from the left, he squeezes me into the corner. Now I got angry. I was driving. That's not courteous driving. There's no place you're trying to overtake. Uh, you are pushing me almost into the into the ditch uh, with the, the way you are driving. Did I get angry? Yes, I did. But then, thank God, I did not react. I did not, you know, roll down my car window and say a few words. Uh, like I, I let it go. Yes, I got upset. I got angry. About it. And have you heard of road rage? Yes. You know, some people are uncontrollable rage, and they do things that they never imagined that they would. Because, and the Bible clearly says, don't make close friendships with habitually angry people. People who have no control over their, their, their actions, the way they live. Uh, if you see somebody who is habitually angry, who loses absolute control, don't make them your close friends. Number three. 1 Corinthians 5 was 9 to 11. 1 Corinthians 5 was 9 to 11. Immortal people. People who live promiscuous lives and brag about it. Uh, sometimes some people live an immoral life and they boast about it. Have you met people like that? Sometimes on TV shows they will talk about how they are living an immoral life and they, for them it's something great. It's like a badge of honor that they are living an immoral life. And scripture clearly says don't make immoral people your close friends. Because that has a way of rubbing on to, to us. Number four, Proverbs 23, verse 6 and 7 says, Don't make greedy people your close friends. Proverbs 23, verse 6 and 7. Don't make greedy people. You know, our God is not a stingy God. You believe that? Yes. He's a generous God, a God who gives generously. Yes? yes. He's not miserly. He gives his rain and sun on the wicked and on the on the on the righteous. And he is a generous God. 
And so don't make greedy people, stingy people your closest friends, because that is going to affect how you live your life. Uh, the fifth one, this is, I want to say this cautiously, carefully, because uh, I'm not saying, okay, I'll first say the point and then you will take it forward. 2 Corinthians 6.14 says, don't be unequally yoked with unbelievers. Now, does it mean we cannot have friends who are unbelievers? That's not what it says. What it says is, don't get into a close relationship. Being yoked together. What's the meaning of being yoked together? Yoked together. Of course, we use it in the context of marriage, this verse. Uh, though it should not be limited to the context of marriage. It's beyond that. Uh, being yoked together means to be uh, bedfellows, to, to work closely, to be close companions. And so, uh, if all your friends are not people who know God, uh, something is uh, not right. There must be some friends who know the Lord, who will walk this Christian life with you. Uh, you may have friends who don't know God, and I'll talk about that at the end. You must start praying that they will experience uh, God. Real friends do not allow other friends to go to hell. You with me? Real friends. If you are a real friend, at some point of time, you will say, look, I have experienced salvation, I have experienced forgiveness of sins, I have experienced a relationship with God, and I want you to have that too. If you are a real friend. Are you with me? So I'm not saying you cannot have unbelievers as friends, but don't make them the only set of friends that you have. Make sure that you have some body friends. Okay? Let me move on. Uh, I'll make a statement again. Uh, wrong friendships are the number one cause of people being sidetracked from the path of God. Wrong friendships is the number one cause of people backsliding and moving away from God. Are you with me? That's why your friendships are very, very important. Uh, Solomon, uh, he got into relationships with 700 wives and 300 companies. This man went the wrong route. Why did he go? He built the biggest temple of his time. But towards the end of his life, he never worshipped it. You can build a temple and not worship it. He built a temple. It was called Solomon's temple. But end of his life, he was worshipping London groves. He was worshipping pagan gods and goddesses. Why? Because the reason was he had the wrong kind of people around him. It's a lesson for us that we choose our friends carefully. Let me uh, give you three qualities to look for as you choose your friends. Three things to look for. And uh, this will help you. So if you will write it down and start praying over this. Number one, choose close friends who will challenge you mentally. Who will challenge you Mentally. Choose close friends who will challenge you mentally. What do I mean by that? Have you met some people who are on survival mode? Yes, no. Survival mode. I'm not talking of financially. I'm talking of emotionally, intellectually. They, they don't grow. They are stagnant. Yes? Well, don't make them your best friends. If they are stagnant, it will cause you to stagnate too. If you don't have friends 
who will challenge you mentally, you're losing out on what God has intended for you. sharpens iron. Proverbs 29, sorry, 27, verse 17. Iron sharpens iron. Have you ever been to uh, the butcher? Have you seen as they cut meat? At some point, they will take another uh, piece of iron and they will rub this knife against it. You must have friends who will challenge you mentally. God has given us the power to think. So if your friends are not people who are growing, who are not maturing, who are stagnant, it will wear you out. That friendship won't help you. You know, there are some friends, we had them as friends years ago, but they have not changed. Have you met friends like that? They are still stuck in 1985 and they have not progressed after that. So you meet them and after some time you have nothing to talk about. Uh, you don't have anything to converse with. They, their conversation does not stimulate you in anything. The Bible says in Proverbs 13 and verse 20, Walk with the wise, you will become wise. Powerful verse. Walk with the wise. Who is wise according to scripture? Talk to me please. Who is wise according to scripture? The Bible defines wise. One who fears the Lord. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Another passage that describes the wise. It talks about foolish man who build upon the sand and the wise man built upon the rock. Those who do the, the will of God, those who do live according to the word of God is a wise person. What about their PhD? You can have a PhD and still be immature. Are you with me? It has nothing to do with your educational qualification. It has to do with obedience to God's revealed word. When you live according to the word of God in the light of scripture you become a wise person walk with the wise Proverbs 13 20 you will become wise the companion of fools will be destroyed Proverbs 13 20 so pray and ask God for friends who will stimulate your thinking challenge you mentally if they say yes sir yes sir three bags full sir for everything that you say something is wrong they are not the right friends to have. They are not stimulating you. They are not challenging you. They are not stretching you. They are not people who are studying and growing in God. Uh, so look for friends who are on a path of growth, who are desirous to mature and become all that God intended that they should become and make them your friends. Number two, choose friends who will support you emotionally. Choose friends who will support you emotionally. Do you know that each one of us at some point will feel low, discouraged, troubled, weary, sometimes to the point of feeling like giving up? 
Does that happen to you? I, I liked the, if you watch the presentation where the announcements were main, being made and I saw an image of a man uh, who was trying to climb this mountain and then somebody is there with a hand, outstretched arm, you know, pulling him up. We all need that. We all need men and women around us who can understand that we are down, we are out. And they can come and stand by us. A real friend is somebody who will walk into your life when the whole world will walk out on you. You can count on them. They are the people whom you can call in the middle of the night. Do you have such friends? Yes, no. Real friend. Do you remember the parable Jesus spoke about uh, when he spoke on prayer? And he said, one friend goes to the other friend in the middle of the night. On behalf of a third friend, the story of three friends in Luke 11. You remember that? He goes and knocks on the door and it's close to midnight. And he and his family are almost like, you know, tucked in, ready to sleep. And this guy insists. But because of our friendship, he opens the door and he gives. Are you with me? You need friends whom you can call at any point of the day. You can pick your phone and call them. And there must be a group of friends who will reciprocate. If they are busy, they will see your missed call and first thing call you back. You need some friends like that. If you don't have such a friend today, I'm going to encourage you to start praying. Do you know friends are a great gift from God? How many of you know that? Yes? Godly friends are a gift from God. And if you can get some godly friends, it will change your life. It will change the direction of your life. Amen? So friends who will stand by you emotionally. Let me give you uh, a scripture reference for that. Proverbs 17.17 17 says... A friend loves at all times. A friend loves at all times. All times means? All times means good times and bad times. Uh, times of joy and times of sorrow. Times of abundance and times of want. Times of health and times of sickness. A friend loves at all times. That's what I mean by people who will stand by you when you are down and out. When you are ready to throw the towel in, when you are ready to say enough, I can't take one more step forward, these friends will come by your side and say, you can do it. God is with you. God has not given up on you yet. Your ministry is not yet over. Amen? Your life, there is a purpose for it. These are friends that you must pray for. Emotionally, they will stand with you. Number three, very important part. Very, very important part. So, did you get the first two? Two things to look for. Did you get it? Yes, no. Yes, yes. I'm used to people talking back. I teach uh, in a college and so uh, in the seminary when I ask a question, people nod their head or smile, say something. So if you talk back, it helps me to communicate better. If you stay absolutely still, I get troubled. Am I communicating? Is this making sense? I don't know. So talk back. Uh, two points we covered already. What to look for in a friendship. Number one, Friends who will challenge you mentally. Friends who will support you emotionally. Thank you so much. Thank you. Number three. Friends who will strengthen you spiritually. Friends who will strengthen you spiritually. Do you know that godly friends 
can propel you to move forward in the things of God. Amen. Godly friends can propel you. You know what's the meaning of propel? Propel to push you, to move you. Propellers, something that propels an aircraft. Yes? Or a helicopter. Propellers, something that will move you in a direction. Godly friends can strengthen you spiritually. And you must pray for some godly friends. Not just secular friends. Thank God for them. But would you start praying for some godly friends? Friends who will stand with you and pray with you and journey with you and believe God together with you. Uh, friends who know God, who have experienced God and they are able to journey along with you. Amen. Hallelujah. If you have such friends, your life will be changed. It will be transformed. Uh, I'll make a suggestion. Look for friends who are in the similar season of your life. Are you with me? Similar season of your life. So if you are uh, in your 20s, look for a friend in your 20s. Uh, a friend in the 40s will be more like a mentor to you. Are you with me? So you must look for somebody in your age, in your season, in your season in life. Uh, preferably this kind of close friends uh, from your same gender. Now I'm not saying you cannot have friends. When you start sharing your heart and life, when you share your struggles, when you share your concerns, uh, make sure that they are from the same gender. Because you don't want to develop feelings along the way. And that derail you and take you in a different direction. Is that making sense? Yes, 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 that's just a, a caveat, a warning as you pick your friends. Am I saying you cannot have people as friends from the opposite gender? That's not what I'm saying. But I'm saying your close friends, the people with whom you really open your heart and share heart to heart, build some friends uh, who will be from your same gender. Making sense? Yes. Yes, now some of you are looking for a life partner. That's a different story altogether. Okay, that's a different... I'm not talking of that. I'm talking of friends today. Not in how to choose a life partner. You want to talk about that? We'll talk another service, another day about that. Okay, let's look at the uh, three things. Did you get the three things? I hope and pray you caught that. Number one, challenge you mentally. Number two, support you emotionally. Number three, strengthen you spiritually. 1 Thessalonians 5.11 Encourage one another, build one another up, edify one another. 1 Thessalonians 5.11 Hebrews 10.24 Spur one another to good works. Spur one another to good works. That means, you know what's the meaning of spur? In horse riding, uh, sometimes when the horse is not, uh, you know, going at a certain pace, they would spur the kind of sharp object It'll kind of dig into the horse uh, and that causes the horse to move forward. So do you have some friends who will kind of move you out of your inertia, uh, who will move you into a, a position where you start moving and doing things in the realm of the spirit. Amen? Amen. Okay. Having said that, now I want to conclude by giving you eight things 
you know, one of the things I have learned for you to get such friends, you must become such a friend. Are you with me? Did you capture that? If I, I mentioned three things to look for. They will challenge you mentally, they will support you emotionally, they will strengthen you spiritually. In order to, to get such friends, you have to become such a friend. Because friends are like magnets. Like, you know, they attract. They draw people to themselves. And so, if you want that kind of friend, you become such a person. So, I want to give you eight things to build healthy friendships. And then, I will lead you into time of prayer. Eight things to build healthy friendships. Number one, take a genuine interest in other people. You want to be such a friend? Take a genuine interest in other people. How many of you look, have looked at a group photo and decided whether the photo is good or bad? When you look at a group photo, there's something in our hearts and minds that we first look for ourselves. Yes or no? And we decide if the photo is good or bad based on how we look in that picture. Yes, some of you are smiling because that's exactly how we decide whether the photo is good or the photo is bad. Subconsciously, we, you know, our favorite topic is ourselves. You want to be a friend? Start asking some questions, get people to talk. I've, I've realized, take a genuine interest in people. Find out. When students come to our campus, one of the things I do is I try to get to know them. That's our heart's desire. I want to know their name, where are they from, how many brothers and sisters, what was their childhood like, uh, how did they encounter the Lord, uh, where are they in their spiritual journey. And I'm here to say the only way you can do that is by asking questions not intrusive questions, okay? How much does that shoe cost? Not intrusive questions, but questions that will get people to talk. Are you with me? Have you studied about open-ended and close-ended questions? Have you come across this, open-ended, close-ended? Let me explain. Open-ended question is, that gives them the liberty to talk. Please describe your childhood. Say something about your family. That's an open-ended question. Was the food good or bad? Uh, that's a close-ended question. There's only one way they can answer, either good or bad. So try to lead them into open-ended questions. Uh, take a genuine interest. One of my prayers as somebody who ministers is, Lord, I want to love you passionately. I want to love people genuinely. I want to take a genuine interest in, in people. Is that making sense? So get them to talk. I'll use an analogy so that this sticks to your mind. Have you ever drawn water from a well? Anybody? Water from a well. Or if you have not drawn, have you watched people draw water from a, a well? Yes? Yes? Not in real life, at least in a movie, at least somewhere. You know, have you seen people draw water from a well? They need a bucket. Yes? What, bucket, what a bucket does to draw water, questions do to get people to open up to you. Learning to ask the right questions. 
The Lord Jesus was a master at asking questions. Watch his life. People would ask him a question, he would turn around and ask them a question. Are you with me? They would ask him a question. Who's my neighbor? He'll tell them a story and then ask them who's the neighbor. Like, should we pay tax to Caesar? Yeah. Bring me a coin. Whose image is on this coin? He never, many times, he never answered questions. He asked a lot of questions. You want to grow in your friendships, shops, supermarkets, neighborhood, get people talking on their favorite topic. What's their favorite topic? Themselves. Get them talking on their favorite topic. Get them opening up to you. And they will say, these guys are fantastic. What a guy. You know, I, I talked for 30 minutes and the person did not say two sentences. All that he did was he listened to me. And half of their problems are solved because you gave them a patient listening. Listening here. Making sense? Yes? I want to give you some scripture references on that. Proverbs 18.1 The New Living Translation puts it this way. Unfriendly people care only about themselves. Unfriendly people care only about themselves. Philippians 2.4 Let each of you not only look at your own interest but also on the interest of others. Take a genuine interest in other people. Get to know them. Because if you get to know them, you can journey with them better. Amen? You can understand where they are coming from. Why they say the things they say. Why do they behave the way they behave? Why is this so important to them? As you get to know them, you will understand their journey better. Amen? Get interested, people. Number two. If you want to be such a friend, don't be a chronic complainer. Okay? Some people are specialists in complaining. Okay? They can find fault with everyone. Have you met people like that? They can find fault with everything. Any program, they will do post-mortem after the service. Have you met people like that? Yes or no? What did the speaker say? What was the pastor wearing? What did the pastor's wife do? What did uh, so-and-so elders say? They will, they will threadbare, open up the whole service and go thing and they will find fault. Don't be a chronic complainer. God has called us not to complain. We are not there to complain about darkness. We are there to shine light. Amen. I'm convinced that if you keep complaining, yes, the world is headed in a downward spiral. Without God, they are going to a hopeless eternity. But we are people of hope. We know God. We have experienced God. Don't be a chronic complainer. You know what's the meaning of chronic? Help me. Chronic. Chronic. Recurring. Always. Now, I'm not saying we never complain. All of us complain sometime or the other. But if you are a chronic complainer, you cannot win. People don't want to be around chronic complainers. Uh, they, they avoid them. When they see them, walk away. Because they know, if you go and ask them anything, all that they will do is complain. You don't want to hang around such people. Don't 
that's God's call on our lives. Amen? To shine for God in a dark world. Number three, very important, very, very important thing in friendship. Be a good listener. Okay? Be a good listener. You want to be a good friend? Be a good listener. Don't just listen to what people say. Try to listen to what they don't say. Did you capture that? What I have learned as a pastor. Don't just listen to what people say. Listen to what they are not saying. When they say something to you, they are withholding something back from you. Try to listen carefully. Ask God to give you a discerning ear. The Bible says in James 1 and verse 19, Be quick to listen, slow to speak. You know what's our problem? Exact opposite. We are quick to speak and slow to listen. No wonder we get into all kinds of mess. You know? That's what we do. We do the opposite. And God is inviting us to be people who listen. Who will be quick to listen and slow to speak. Proverbs 20 verse 5 says, Counsel in the heart of man is like a deep water, but a man of understanding will draw it out. I use the analogy. Counsel uh, in the heart of man is like deep water, but a man of understanding will draw it out. The picture almost like a, a bucket drawing water out. One of my favorite things to do uh, in ministry is to talk to senior ministers, veterans who have been in the ministry. And uh, I, I love to meet them. And the more uh, I get a chance to talk to them. And I ask them questions. I ask them questions about how did you begin your ministry? What happened? Tell me a little bit about your early part. What were some of the struggles? What were, you know, when you get them talking, you know, they are a mine of information. They are a mine of information. Younger people uh, in this room, you know, when you get a chance to talk to some of the older people, uh, get them to talk. Okay, you may be smarter at computers and software and hardware and fixing stuff, but they have experience. Are you with me? They have experience. They have uh, eaten more salt than you have eaten. That's the Chinese way of saying they have lived longer than you. Every year you eat more salt than ever before. They've eaten more salt than you have eaten. They didn't get the gray hair for free. Uh, they got it uh, through struggles, through ups and downs. And they will have words of wisdom. And if you can draw it out from them, you'll be blessed. Amen? 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 Okay, number four. Accept people unconditionally. You want to be a good friend? Accept people unconditionally. Don't try to change them. Okay? Do you know you have quirks and I have quirks? You know what's a quirk? Q-U-I-R-K. Quirk. What's a quirk? Some peculiar behavior. Quirks. Yes? Yes? We all have quirks. We have some peculiar ways about us. We do certain things that may look weird to others. Yes? It's fine. Accept people the way they are. You want to be a friend? Accept them with their strengths and with their weaknesses. Accept them unconditionally. That's important to build friendships. 
Amen? Don't try to change them. If you try to change them, you cannot be their friend. They may change on their own after watching your life. But you don't try to change them. You try to change them, you will prematurely short circuit the friendship. Except people, that's the way they are. Say, fine. I will love them unconditionally. Romans 15 verse 7 Accept one another just as Christ has accepted you. How did Christ accept you? Unconditionally. Yes or no? He didn't put some terms and conditions, fine print. Sign this, then I will accept you. He didn't send you a disclaimer. He accepted you just the way you are. Accept one another as Christ has accepted you. We are a people who will accept any type of people. Amen? Accept them just the way they are. And then show the love of God. Number five. Help people feel significant. Honor them. One of the things that I am noticing, particularly now, is that there is a lack of honor. I, I see that. There is a lack of honor. Western influence has come into our nation to such a level where we don't honor people anymore. Honor age. Honor experience. You know, honor people who have struggled and come up. Uh, honor, the culture of honor. If there is a place where we must show honor, it is the house of God. Amen. Learn to honor people. Value their opinion listen to them when you listen to them you're valuing their opinion uh, you may agree with them you may disagree with them but do it respectfully do it with honor i believe in a culture of honor i believe god's house should have a culture of honor help people feel significant you know the way you treat people it shows your walk with christ Are you with me the way you treat people particularly people from the working class, people below you, people who do the menial tasks, so-called, people who do ordinary chores to make your life better, service staff in your office, in your company, uh, the watchmen, the people who come and iron your clothes, treat them with honor. God has called us to honor people, amen? Not because of what they do, but because of who they are made in the image of God. That's why we honor them. Amen? They may be uneducated. That's okay. But honor them. Learn to honor people. Help people feel significant. People are looking for significance. And as somebody interested in people, I've come to realize ministry is all about God and about people. Are you with me? You want to do ministry? It's about God and it's about people. Learn to honor people. Learn to treat them with honor, with respect. Uh, when you do that, honor will always produce a culture of honor. Amen? Amazing Grace, Assembly of God Church, I pray that you will be a people who will help people feel significant. Honor them and give them the honor and let God be glorified as you honor people. Uh, Romans 12.10 Honor people, others above yourselves. Yourself. Romans 12.10 Honor people above yourself. Honor other people. 
honor their experience, honor their 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 age. Uh, I see that on on the decline. Uh, you know, we were taught as kids when someone older comes, stand up. We were taught when your teachers come, when leaders come, stand up. Uh, I sometimes am troubled when I see uh, standing up is just a way of saying. I respect you, I honor you and uh, I see sometimes youngsters today, uh, parents walk in and they are sitting leg on the table, and, uh, they could care less, a father is calling out to the child and the child is you know, doing something on a smartphone, I wouldn't dare do that with my dad, uh, I would be out of the house and the smartphone also, there was no smartphone when I was small but if I sat on a table with my feet up and my dad walked in and uh, I didn't respond properly. I'm sure me and my phone both would have been out of the house. You know, we, we grew up in a culture of honor. Help people to give, uh, to honor them. Uh, honor them above yourselves. Amen? Amen. Number, seven, uh, number six. Be empathetic. You want to be a good friend? Be empathetic. You know what's the meaning of empathy? The difference between empathy and sympathy. Sympathy is saying, Ayo, I feel sorry. That is sympathy. Okay? Empathy is when you feel their pain. Weep with those who weep. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Romans 12, 15. That is empathy. Are you with me? Do you remember when Jesus came to the, the house of Mary and Martha? After Lazarus is dead, what did Jesus do? He wept. Now some people will say he wept because of their unbelief. I don't think so. It was not about their belief or unbelief. He was going to do one of the greatest miracles of raising somebody from the dead three days later. Jesus knew what he had come for. He said, I am the resurrection and life. He didn't weep because of their unbelief. He wept because he felt their pain. Are you with me? Yes? You want to be such a friend? Be empathetic. Weep with those who weep. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Number seven. Stick with them in the difficult times. Friendships are built when people go through crisis. Stop and pause for a moment. Some of your closest friends, pause, think about it. Where did your friendship become deeper and stronger? Where did it become stronger? When you went through crisis and these friends stood by you, you never forget that. True or false? Yes? Yes? You want to be such a friend when people are going through crisis, you be there. You stand with them. And when you stand with them, you're, you're investing into a friendship. They will never forget. Days, years, months will roll by. They will turn and look back. They will say, this friend has stood with me through thick and thin. I'm grateful to God for this friend. Are you with me? Yes? Scripture says, Proverbs 18.24, there are friends who pretend to be friends, the living Bible. But there is a friend who sticks closer than even a, a brother. We use it for the Lord Jesus, but 
there are friends like that who will stick closer than even your blood relatives. They will stand by you. And God is calling us to such friendships. I've given you seven points. That's a lot. I know what I have shared today. It's not easy to remember. But it's something to guide us as we pick friends. Now I want to share the eighth and the most important one. Share Christ with your friends. Share Christ with your friends. Real friends will not allow their friends to go into a Christless eternity. If you have not shared Christ with your friends, I want to invite you to do that. I'm not saying cram it down their throat. Are you with me? Some people have this Taliban kind of evangelism. It doesn't work. That's not how you evangelize. You pray for days, weeks, months before God gives you that opportunity. Is that making sense? Because someday when you are not expecting it, God may give you an opportunity, a window of opportunity to share. I remember when I was in college, there was this guy, I was roll 99, uh, sorry, I was roll 100 and there was, we had 900 people in the BCom department. And uh, that's a, and all men. It is a men's college, so all men, 900 of us, I was role number 100. It's an old story, but uh, role number 99 who sat next to me, and we had to sit in designated places, not like in normal colleges, because the priests who would come in, all that they needed to do was look around the room, 100 would be in each class, 9 classes, the commerce department. They had to just look for empty chairs and they could calculate who's there, who's not there. Simple, straightforward. So 99 who sat next to me was a Marwadi boy called Sakit Khaitan. The owner of Khaitan Fans, his son. Wealthy guy. Every day he would bring a different car and uh, he would, you know, he didn't lack anything. We would sit next to each other. And sometimes he would ask me, how are you going? I, I would take the bus and go back home. Sometimes he would ask me, hey, I'll drop you today. And we had ended up having some good conversations. He watched me closely throughout my college days. Towards the end, he said something to me. This is not to project myself, but to give glory to God. He said, I have watched you closely. You are different. You are different. I got a window of opportunity. I said, I'm different, not because of me, because of Jesus and I shared Christ are you with me it took time to cultivate that friendship uh, there was another friend called Ajit Agarwal I had the privilege of leading him to Jesus a college friend same college he became a believer he's now a committed follower of the Lord Jesus Christ I visit him every time I go to Calcutta real friends will not allow other friends to go to hell are they your friends have you been praying for your friends George Mueller prayed 57 years for one friend. 57 years. George Mueller. Person did not come to Christ in his lifetime. At his funeral, his friend accepted Jesus. 
at George Mueller's funeral. People die, prayers don't. What do you pray for? Do you pray for your friends? Ask God for opportunities. I want to share. You are the treasure that I seek. You are my friend. What's the song we sang? You are my... Uh, you are my strength when I am weak. You are the treasure that I seek. Is he your strength? Is God your strength? Yes. Is he your treasure? You sang about it this morning. Yes. Then have you talked about your treasure? Somebody? Have you shared Christ? Have you looked for opportunities? It may not come on every meeting but over a period of time as you journey with them would you start praying for their salvation would you start praying God give me an opportunity to share you with them the Lord Jesus after he set the demoniac free in Luke 8 39 this is what he said go back home tell everyone what God has done for you that's called oikos evangelism your own household your own family your friends your inner circle the people who are connected to you go back home tell them what God has done for you has God done something for you amen yes has he done something for you yes church it's time to talk about it share Christ with them I'm going to pray for you and I'm going to lead you into a time of prayer. Here's something that you must pray for. Lord, I need some friends. Godly friends. A circle of friends. A group of people with whom I'm accountable. Spiritually strong. Who will challenge me mentally will support me emotionally who will strengthen me spiritually I want such friends would you bring them into my life can you pray for that today do you want to be transformed in the area of relationships you may say I'm an introvert pastor I take a long time to make friends no problem uh, maybe some extrovert is needing your influence on their life are you with me Opposites attract and so sometimes some of the closest friends are exact opposites One is an introvert the other is a Extrovert and you wonder how do they get along? How do they talk to each other? Well, God can bring friends into your life Would you pray for that bow your heads? Let's pray Take a few moments and if you don't have such close friends Would you ask the Lord to bring them into your life? Go ahead, would you open your mouth and talk to the Lord? Lord, I need such a friend. And above all, I want to become such a friend. I want to become a friend. Uh, I want to lead others to you. Uh, Lord, give me some friends who will stand with me, who will become a source of encouragement to me and help me to become such a friend. Uh, Lord, I pray that you will transform everyone in this room. Many of us, because of our work and our pressures, we have no time to cultivate friendships. 
I pray that you would help us to grow in the area of relationships and we will have some godly friends who will stand with us, people with whom we can open our heart and talk, uh, people with whom we can be real, we can have some deep conversation. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for every person in this room. I pray that the word of God will just find a logic place in their heart and in their mind. Lord, you will give us the strength and the ability to live according to the word that we have studied today. We thank you for friends that you have already brought into our lives. Now, Lord, we pray that you will become a different, make us a different kind of people who will be loyal friends, friends who will stand and support and strengthen and encourage and challenge people. Give us the grace, O oh Lord. Thank you for your word. Thank you that your word is powerful. It changes us. In Jesus' mighty name, amen.